You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, as you may have been able to glean from the title of the podcast, which I don't even know what it is, but, you know, I'm guessing it kind of gave you some kind of a hint. Um, we're going to take a quick, minor, little detour away from what we've been working on. Um, some things have been accumulating over the last days, week, whatever. Um, and I want to just be able to touch on it, especially since I've had uh, a lot of people on Twitter and on Discord and texting me and everything else, um, certain videos and saying things like, I can't wait to hear you comment on this. And, um, so (laughs) I don't want to let, uh, let my fans down. Now, unfortunately for everybody, um, it's kind of, I wish I could find a way to make this flow really well. I like when you do that, when you kind of have like a theme and you kind of work up to it and all that stuff, but we're kind of jumping all over the place. Some good, some bad, some this, some of that. So I'm just going to grab things, just like reach into a hat, pull it out, and there we go. Hopefully we can make a show out of it, all right? I want to start with this. I just saw it two seconds ago, and I already lost it, so <laughs> here it is. So this was from... Uh, at throw the damn ball on Twitter, he apparently is a stats slash chart guy. R and D plus betting at PFF at Sportfolio Kings, making money from football is the highest good. All that stuff. So he uses data to leverage information and win money. Which, by the way, uh, what what always happens on Twitter is you use data to back up your claims, and people say, "Ha ha, you're an idiot for using data. Study the film, idiot." You want to know what people do to actually make money? That What, what have I always said on this podcast? Good data, uh, let, let, let's say the whole thing, crap data can only tell you the past. Good data can tell you the future. People that want to win money need to be able to see the future. What do they do? Do they go to the tape or do they go to the data? They use data. Massive amounts of data. Nobody making millions and millions of dollars off of Vegas, off of sports betting, is using tape. They're using data. Okay? So go ahead and shove it. Anyways, this guy, he's got a bunch of cool stuff on here. I'm going to go ahead and follow him real quick, because why not? He's also got a sub stack. I'll probably end up subscribing to that. Hopefully it's like a buck. Otherwise, I probably won't. (laughs) He put this thing together. 2022 cornerback separation allowed in man versus zone. Some initial takeaways. Number one, Sauce versus Stingley contrast is wild. So Sauce Gardner, obviously very good. Derek Stingley was complete garbage. Number two, Chiefs young corners in man. So a lot of good ones, apparently. And Patrick Peterson is still it. Anyways, I went ahead and looked at it for my own purposes. Come to find out, first of all, all three of our corners are very good in man. Every single one of them is on the positive side of the graph. But do you know who the best one was? The number one guy in uh, allowing man separation, in other words, the least amount. And not quite the number one in zone, but very close. But the farthest to that top right. In fact, probably the second best corner. After Sauce Gardner. It's not Jair. It's not Razul. It's Eric Stokes. And this is from 2022. Now, this is back-end data that I can't see. He's using, he wrote in here, it's PFF data. So, PFF, 
as well as SIS, they have data that's much deeper than the stuff that you can even buy. Unless you're a uh, NFL team or something, you don't have access to some of it. But clearly they have, um, they track separation. And this is probably separation at the, the time of a throw or something to that effect. I don't really know. But on this chart, and, and, and listen, this isn't everything. There are other facets to being a good or bad corner and all that stuff. But as far as man and zone, the number one corner was Sauce Gardner. If I had to pick the number two, and it's really not even close, Charvarius Ward, incredibly good man, but actually was negative as far as zone, Eric Stokes. He was the number three man coverage guy between, behind Charvarius Ward and Sauce Gardner and was very much positive as far as zone coverage. So I just wanted to bring that up again. I'm not trying to say he's like the best corner in all of football, but I know that there is a lot of healthy skepticism about Eric Stokes. Maybe it's time we need to move on. It was a terrible, I mean, some people are going off into the, it was a terrible pick and all this kind of stuff because we're not talk about, talking about him probably because he's injured, but you know, I think some people are thinking maybe it's just time to move on. Razul's going to take his spot and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it. listen, I don't know. I can't see the future. I would just say take this information as a massive positive in the corner of Eric Stokes. And again, this was 2022, not 2021, not a combination, not over the last three years. This was last year when everybody said he took a big step back. And it is minimum 200 coverage snaps, so it's not like, well, you know, he didn't play enough. No, he, he, he filtered out anybody that didn't play 200 snaps. Stokes was in there. So I'm stunned by it, but I'm also very excited by it. I think um, sometimes you really dig around into some of the more advanced things as opposed to just looking at the big the big number and kind of look at some of the nuanced things. And that's where you can kind of see, okay, this this is where that, that talent lies. We just got to you know tighten up this, that, or the other. But anyways, really hope we can get him back. I mean, how well, not now I'm getting into stupid territory, but how amazing would it be if Jair was our second best corner? I'm just saying. Something else that was interesting, I, I'm just, I, this is all off the cuff. I'm just scrolling through his stuff because I'm kind of intrigued by it now. Um, you probably all saw Bruce Irons created a massive firestorm when he said Christian Watson has a higher ceiling than Justin Jefferson. First of all, my thought on the comment, um, I, I'm trying to think how to say it. I don't necessarily, I don't even want to say I don't agree. The emphasis was put on athleticism. But athleticism isn't necessarily what makes you a great receiver, right? You can go find really tall, fast people out there in the universe that can't play football, period. They, don't have, they literally do not have a higher ceiling than Justin Jefferson. They'll never be able to do what Justin Jefferson does just because they run a 4-2-5 and are 6'5". That person might not exist. But even if they did, you make them whatever. Or how about this for an example? Find somebody that's 6'7", cre create a human being just from thin air. They're 6'7". They run a 4-2 flat, but I'm going to cut their arms off. Do they have a higher ceiling? No. What if they're physically unable to catch? They just, they, they can't figure out the mechanics of it. What if they're scared of getting hit so they get, you know, you see what I'm saying? So, I, I, it's not to say that he doesn't have a higher ceiling than Justin Jefferson, because who knows, but the, the margins are thin because you can't get much higher than Justin Jefferson. So while it's technically possible, it's also technically possible about you know, 20% of the league. You could say that about just about anybody. You could technically say it about Romeo Dobbs if you wanted to. You could certainly say it about Jaden Reed. Jaden Reed is just as elusive as a route runner, but he's faster. Jaden Reed is a higher... You know what I mean? So it's, it's just kind of a... If you reel it all the way back to where it becomes technically true, it becomes technically true for a massive proportion of the NFL. 
to the point at which it's not really a worthwhile conversation to even have. Justin Jefferson is an elite wide receiver. Christian Watson could maybe be that, just like a lot of other people could maybe be that, but he, he's not that right now. And he needs to be, the, the point is, the emphasis was on athleticism. But the entire point of him ever reaching that level is that he's going to need to become more than just the athleticism. Anyways, I think people got too worked up about that, positive or negative. Packer fans are telling him he's a disgrace to the fan base and you're embarrassing us, which is a little dramatic. And of course, everybody else ran with, even ESPN like brought it up and stuff, whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyways, throw the damn ball here on Twitter says, I'll bite and take this seriously, but not literally. While generally average depth of target and yards after catch are inversely related, Watson is one of the few players who maintains his elite yards after the catch with top of the league average depth of target. Also doesn't hurt he's 99th percentile in contested catch rate. So he put together a little chart here, and you can you can make charts of any metrics. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. In other words, whether it's a worthwhile thing. But there's yards after the catch per reception on the y-axis and average depth of target on the x-axis. And Christian Watson completely stands by himself, right? I mean, Jalen Waddell is slightly higher in yards after the catch, but he's kind of a ways back in terms of average depth of target. There's a f several people who are in front of him in the average depth of par target can you know area but they're way down in fact most of them are below that average line only dj chark is above and he's still way below so christian watson is clearly number one when you look at yards after the catch per reception and average depth of target but again there's a question of how worthwhile is the chart in terms of um uh, representing the best players in other words what you should see is usually there's a line that goes from bottom left to top right and the further you are top right the better you are well we can kind of see this and, and, and see... So, for example, Christian Watson, then you have Jalen Waddell, who's very good. You got A.J. Brown there, but you also got Darius Slayton, uh, Olamide, Olamide, Zacchaeus, Lazard is relatively high. So it's not it's not terrible. There's, there's going to be some correlation here, but it's not as direct correlation as you want it to be. But still, it's awesome. It's really cool to see... Uh, Something like that. By the way, Debo Samuel is also just completely off the chart. The, the only thing is, he is miles ahead of anybody in terms of yards after the catch per reception, but is the lowest in the NFL in average depth of target, <laughs> which sounds right for Debo. All right, anyways, that was just a thing that came up recently I wanted to talk about. But all right, let's, uh, let's start off with something a little bit positive here, uh, if I could. So let me preface it. This video I'm going to play here is um, Elton Jenkins on Good Morning Football, just talking about some stuff, talking primarily about Jordan Love is kind of the main point of this. But um, I think I've come to the point now where everything that anybody has to say about the Packers or, the, or, or Jordan Love is kind of a waste of time. Everybody's just kind of dug into their own tribe. The only honest take is I don't know. Anybody that says the Packers are going to win 10 games, the Packers are going to win four games, Jordan Love's going to be trash, Jordan Love's going to be great, they're either ignorant or just lying on purpose. And I understand if you're a fan and you just feel like juicing it up, but you, you have to know in the back of your mind that you have no idea what you're talking about. Jordan Love doesn't know how good he's going to be. The Packers don't know how, how good he's going to be. And uh, most of the stuff, and again, we'll go through it. I mean, Elton Jenkins saying positive stuff, it's great to hear. But again, you're never going to hear a player say, dude, this guy sucks, man. Don't tell anybody, but this guy's trash. It's the same with Aaron Rodgers. Like, see, you guys said he didn't like Aaron Rodgers, but look, he's being... Of course! 
If, if they hated him with a passion, they're not going to say it publicly. They're going to be like, yeah, I appreciate what he did, and he taught me so much, and yeah, I'm so grateful. It doesn't mean anything. So I'm kind of just getting to the point where I roll my eyes at absolutely everything, um, when I shouldn't. It's, it's all good to hear and good to see and good to all that, but, but the overreaction, I think, is the part that I just dread and I hate. But uh, it's two and a half minutes. Here is Elton Jenkins. Uh, you're one of the most versatile off- offensive linemen in the NFL. You've played all four positions along the offensive line. The only thing you haven't played is center, but you could do it all. Guard, tackle, left side, right side. Let's talk about that really briefly. A lot of people think it's really easy to go from the left side to the right side and vice versa. What's been the most challenging part of switching sides? So I actually did play center. I came out of college playing center. My second year, I did play center a couple games in the league, you know, just to put it out there. But uh, i probably say coming out to ACL, trying to move the right tackle was one of the most challenging things. Um, because in college, I always, you know, practice on different positions and things like that. So coming off my ACL, then trying to move the right tackle, a position that I was scoring at was one of the most challenging things. You know, you've blocked for Aaron Rodgers the past four seasons. The Packers have since moved on from him. It's been very well chronicled this summer in the news. But what was it like being in the huddle with him these last couple of seasons? What are you going to miss the most about him? Man, his presence, man. Just the way that he walked. And the way you walk around the locker room, um, he always a guy that you know put a smile on your face, and um, y'all he he's a student of the game. He always wants you to be the best that the best that you can be. So um, just his presence in the locker room and the things that he brings to the game, the experience, the stories, that, all the stories he had to tell, and all that. Um, you know he'll be uh, he he gonna be missed in our locker room for sure. He'll be missed, but uh, maybe not. So much if Jordan Love hits and he's everything that the Packers think that he's going to be. The Love era set to begin in Green Bay. We've heard a lot of good things, but I want to hear Elton Jenkins tell me what is it about Jordan Love that has you so confident in him moving forward? His approach to the game, like when he first got in the league, you know, he wasn't our starter, but the way that he walked around the locker room, the way that he approached the game, you know, he always approached every game as a starter, so we know that he's going to be prepared. I, I just got to say, it is really funny that these two answers are almost identical. <laughs> it's almost like he wrote down this answer expecting to be asked about like just one of them, and so then they asked about the other one, and he just he just reading the same notes. Like, and just the way he walks around the locker room, dude. It's like he's got he's got that swagger and stuff. It's crazy. And just ready to go on Sunday or whenever we play. So. Um... In OTAs, and a lot of good things from Jordan. A lot of, a lot of. By the way, let's take note of a couple things because we're going to move on to some other uh, videos that are going to have some opinions and whatnot. Uh, some just statements that are being made when being asked about Jordan. You may remember the question was prefaced by, "We've heard a lot of good things. What have you seen, or what do you like from Jordan?" We've heard a lot of good things, is what he said, right? Now, and I'm going to back it up just a little bit, here is what he has to say about Jordan. Um, in OTA, he's seen a lot of good things from Jordan. Seen a lot, a lot of good of, things in OTA. A lot of leadership. He stepped up as a leader a lot, so um, I'm very excited for his future, and I'm ready to play with him. Okay. <clears throat> so, again, that's that's mostly boilerplate. I hate to, you know, take away or detract from anything. You know, obviously... 
it's great to hear that there's some support there and and whatnot. But I also thought it was important to get at least a little bit out of Elton about we've seen some good things from the person who did the interview saying we've heard a lot of good things because apparently some people have not heard anything. Let's keep it positive here. This is from, I don't know, a week ago or so. This is on the Pat McAfee show. You've probably seen this too. Dan Orlovsky was talking uh, his thoughts on the Green Bay Packers. I don't want to play the whole thing because it's three minutes. So the question generally was, what are your thoughts to Dan Orlovsky about the Green Bay Packers? I still think they're a playoff football team. Hell yeah. Um, I still, I, I feel like this is a team that's gone to the NFC title game two out of the last four years. Their defense is littered with talent. I think if the defense, and I've said this, Ty, like they've got to stop playing so soft. And I don't mean that like I'm scared to hit people. I mean it's like you give us so much free yardage to attack you offensively. Playing eight yards off on third and three. Totally, dude. And I can't imagine being a Packers fan sitting there going, seriously? like And talented enough to not do that. So um, I think that they've got to start way more having an attacking mindset on defense. But, um, I, you know, I think one of the more fascinating question marks um, is, like, what if, what if Jordan loves good? No. Again, <laughs> the fact that that's such, like, a mind-blowing thing. We, we did this, what, yesterday, two days ago, whenever it was with um, uh, Rich Eisen talking about, like, the biggest unknown. This Dude, what if? You know, like, what if he and Sam Howell are good? Like, why is he on the same tier as Sam freaking Howell? But again, it's like, even Dan Orlovsky's coming at it from, like, this, like, I know it's crazy, but hear me out. Like, what if he's actually good? Oh, like, we don't really know, but he was a first-round pick three years ago. Like, it, this guy wasn't a... He wasn't a sixth-round pick that they're just, like, tanking with, so to speak. Uh-huh. What happens if Jordan Love's really good? What happens if the Packers and Brian Gunnikutz got it right, and he's one of those picks that, like, you know, we a lot of people maybe misjudged or got impatient? Who misjudged? I, I, again, I mean, I, I understand everybody's already down on him, but that's what I don't understand. Like, what, what if we're all wrong? Wrong about what? Why is there this consensus he's not good? How did that happen? I, I, and, and I'm telling you right now, it's not the Chiefs game. That's not enough. Because Justin Fields has had 17 Chiefs games, and he doesn't get any crap for it. Right? We've seen quarterbacks struggle, but it's just like we, 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 we got It has everything to do with Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know how it works in people's brains, but it just has something to do with if you think he's going to be good, then you think that the Packers are going to get three in a row, and you think he's as good as Rodgers, and that's obviously not the case, so you're an idiot, and therefore that can't be the answer, and so he's going to be bad. Like, it's this weird, jumbled, like, I don't, I don't understand what the heck we're doing here. And, and I'm watching Pat McAfee just, like, you know, doing this. I mean, he just does that thing where he moves around and stuff, but it's like, okay, yeah, I'll go along with you on this thought experiment kind of thing. It's like this revolutionary but also conspiracy theory kind of ridiculous notion that what if maybe? Like, what if they actually got it right? Like, what if, what if we all got it wrong? Why are we all wrong? What are we all wrong about? What did we all come to a consensus on and why? I don't freaking understand this. With or something like, what happens if this dude comes out in three years of sitting and watching yeah, and throws what for if, thirty plus? What if a first round pick that spent three years behind Aaron Rodgers and spent three years in one system that is a quarterback friendly system with a freaking quarterback whisperer coach? What if he's not garbage? 
That's a crazy thought, I know, but maybe. Touchdowns and ten less interceptions. Hell yeah, we're talking about like what, dude? With the with the the young talent they have on offense, that scheme always gets quarterbacks to play better than their maybe their talent level should kind of afford them to. I think it's like one of the great unknowns. If Jordan Love is good, like if Jordan Love is good, the Packers are absolute players in the NFC. Yeah, I think so, too. Mm. We've actually broached that subject a little bit because as we move forward into the Jordan Love era and you listen to everybody that's seeing him on the practice field, we're not seeing him on the practice field. We're not seeing right. him in... That's also an important note. We aren't seeing him on the practice field. It'll, it'll, it'll make more sense later when we get to it, but just keep that in the back of your mind. We aren't seeing him on the practice field, and the biggest reason is the Packers, for some reason, keep all that stuff very much under wraps. And a lot of people like Aaron Nagler constantly are yelling at the Packers for that. Like, you bunch of idiots, why don't you let us watch practice? Let the media release some videos of what happens during practice. They don't. They shut it all down. You're not allowed to have your phones out taking pictures, taking videos. Nothing will rip your press credentials if you do that. So that's an important thing the team meeting room we're not seeing him in the training room we're not seeing him in the locker room what? all the people though that have seen him there have made their way to microphones mm -hmm. to let people know like hey everything you potentially could need to be a guy this guy has it we see it so interesting his perspective is every single person that's played with him has gone to a microphone and has made the statement that he's got all the intangibles he's done all the things Okay, keep that in the back of your head. See him against Philly, you know what I mean? Oh, See yeah. Him Philly, oh yeah, that's right, Philly. Remember, Philly exists. It's a thing. I don't know why nobody wants to talk about it. We can only talk about um, some benign comments made in, like, March. Or we can talk about Kansas City, or we can talk about college. That's it. We cannot talk about Philly. We can't talk about last year's preseason. We can't talk about the jump he's made. We can't talk about anything. We can't talk about the connection with Dobbs, the connection with Musgrave. We can't talk about anything other than Kansas City or his college career. That's it. But, but just so you know, Philadelphia did happen, and it does exist, as did his quite good preseason last year. In that play against Philly, with the videos we see out of camp, the way he has handled mm -hmm. this whole situation, Dan, this whole, which he got dropped into the middle of, not his fault at all. I mean, sure. but from day one, maybe the first three minutes after he got drafted, he got to celebrate it yeah. Yeah. with his family, remember? Mm -hmm. yep. Like, very happy, probably three minutes. And then he opens his phone, text messages from people, maybe five minutes, how happy they are. Then he goes to social media, and all it is is, why the f did we draft Jordan Love? What the hell? This guy, why is he here? And then all the... Yeah, and it wasn't just Packer fans. What he probably saw, actually, was the Pat McAfee show, where they were sitting there going, oh, this is going to be bad, right? And, and Rodgers was going to come on, but he's so angry, he's not even going to come on. This is the guy you're backing up now. You're seeing everybody all across... You're watching the, the pundits on television saying this was a terrible pick, a terrible decision... Everybody. The only people at this point that are supporting him are, again, in my estimation, about 80% of the Green Bay Packers fan base. 20% will never support him. Unless, unless we end up winning a Super Bowl, then they'll all pretend that they always supported him or whatever, because they're slimy like that. But again, the, the picture he's painting of, whether deliberate or not, you know, Packer fans being so angry about it, many of them were. But it, it, it was everybody saying, this is a terrible garbage pick, and that's never died.
And the guy goes out, has an incredible 2022. Everybody said we can see a massive jump from him. His preseason looked really good. He comes up and carves up the number one defense in football. We are down 14. He closed the lead. So in other words, it was like 7 nothing when Jordan Love took over. Something like that. I don't know. All the commentators saying they see a clear progression, a clear jump. The NFL, the, the Green Bay Packers said he took a massive jump. You've got Bob McGinn, we've already gone over, saying that the, the organization is infatuated with this guy. They think he's Rodgers 2.0, all that stuff. But yet again, the narrative is, we've seen nothing. We've seen nothing from this kid. Nothing. It's, and, and they use the time against him. There, there are people that actually say, because he's been a backup this long and hasn't won the starting job, that should be a, a knock against him. The, guy, the guy's been in the league for three years and has, has only taken so many startings. Because Aaron freaking Rodgers is a starting quarterback, you idiot! I'm sorry to tell you, Pat Mahomes wouldn't have gotten the starting job. Because they're not benching the MVP of the league, a freaking Hall of Famer. They're not doing it. And Justin Fields wouldn't have got the start. Nobody. Because you don't do that. You don't bench the guy for some young person, even if you, you think, oh, he, he seems like he's got some real talent here. But yeah, he's right. Immediately after, and, and all he's heard for three years is... This guy's a bust. This is terrible. And, and now that he took over and after taking a leap, for some, some reason, it just got worse. It's like the, the, the notion is, I can't believe they're actually going to go with this guy. I can't believe they're actually going to let him start. This is a disaster. Where does that come from? of a sudden just boom like there is almost an implosion while success is still happening the way he has handled this all i think all of us have found to be very admirable mm -hmm. and then if yeah. he can go out and ball that's good for guti too oh yeah because oh, yeah. guti Kunz, totally. you know like this is his team now there's a chance this yeah. could be the next 15 years over there and i think packers fans are obviously open for it but i think it's a potential like especially with everything we've seen and heard seen from heard. jordan so shout out to him man all the stuff I got it. So seen and heard. It's it's interesting. Uh, interesting thing. Here's another video. Also Pat McAfee. But all words out of camp about Jordan Love continue to be flooded with love. Then they played the Elton Jenkins thing. But again, just reinforcing. According to some people, they've just heard nothing but positives about Jordan Love. We're gonna take a break, and when we come back, I will tell you why everything I'm saying is relevant. I'm sure many of you already know where this is headed. But I figured we could talk about it directly. Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy is where you can support this podcast or just hit me up on Venmo at Packernet Podcast. Your support would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Again, please remember to check the pinned tweet or the pinned post at the top of the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Again, a uh, terrible, terrible tragedy. Very close. Uh, one of my earliest supporters of the show. His family's going through some really, really tough stuff. Um, we are up over $6,000 now, so thank you guys so much for, um, Paula, I see you in there. Paula always is there to support everything. She's always supported me and everything that I've ever done. Any kind of fundraiser for anything of me, Paula's there. Any fundraiser, I always see her name <laughs> for all this stuff. So, Paula, I appreciate that, as well as all the anonymous donors. We got a second Paula in there, but I really appreciate everything that everybody's doing, and I know the family does as well. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so not too long ago, I, I we did a video on Colin Cower talking about Jordan Love, and I went over how completely stupid it was, dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, this isn't nearly as bad, but what I've realized is I, I think Colin Coward, and, and, and really everybody, I mentioned if you go on Twitter right now and create a video about why Jordan Love is about to break out or why Jordan Love is a bust, you're, you're going to get a lot of engagement, and I think Colin Coward probably figured that out. He probably got a massive amount of engagement on his ridiculous video about Jordan Love. And so he's, he's really planting his flag on this. And he's really digging in deep on it. Um, I, I think he's actually pretty confident in it. Not that it necessarily matters, but I think he thinks he's really right. And um, so he wants to be the one. He wants to be the leader of the anti-love thing so that when, when things go south in his mind, he can... Um, he can be that dude. Now, as everybody's pointed out, he'll pivot. He'll absolutely pivot. He'll find a way to, to be on top of this. He'll find some loophole. Now, just like I said, if they can get the offense going, if they can get this, then I think he has a chance. What happened? So-and-so stepped up, Musgrave stepped up, and Jordan Love looks great. Just like I said, he's a piece full of crap. But he, he is all in on this. I mean, this is, this is like Baker Mayfield level. He was, he was a huge anti-Baker Mayfield guy, which hilariously, Baker Mayfield came into the NFL and kind of tore it up. Maybe you could say uh, Colin's getting the last laugh now that Baker's off the radar, but he had a really solid couple years coming into the league. But he wanted to make sure everybody knew he was the the biggest anti-Baker guy that existed. And it seems like he's trying to do that with Jordan Love right now. He's making sure everybody knows that he is the anti-Jordan Love guy, despite the fact that he says he tries to be positive and tried to. He clearly did not. He is trying as hard as he can to find every really weak and lame angle and and this is this is almost as bad as the last one in terms of how weak it is. But anyways, here's what Colin Coward had to say again about Jordan Love. Jordan Love has been with the Packers for four years. 
You cannot find one intense wow moment of practice video. Not First of all, as we said, you can't find a bad moment of Jordan Love practice video. You can't find it. Because the, the, you're not allowed to tape practice video. Now, there are certain things like later on that you can see. Certain, you know, um, you know, family night type stuff or whatever. But like OTAs, you can't, you can't see anything. Two points, though. Two very important points. Number one, why does it need to be practice? The guy was in the... We saw preseason. We saw regular season. And there were absolutely wow moments. We saw them. You can just go on YouTube, type in Jordan Love highlights. I don't even need to do the homework for you. It's going to be there. And it doesn't even mean anything, right? Bears fans love to throw highlights of Justin Fields in my face, and it's the least convincing thing in the world because Zach Wilson has freaking highlights. Everybody's got highlights. But the, the fact that he says that there's not a single wow throw but puts in the caveat of uh, training camp is why this is so unbelievably dishonest. There's no video. You, you, you can't see the 11 on 11 video. Here's the second reason it's completely dishonest. There isn't video, but that doesn't mean it's not documented. There are open practices to the media, and the media reports different things that have happened. And all you need to do is go on Twitter. You guys know this. I did this all through the OTAs. You can go through all the notes of all the different guys, and I just went through and read them. And so I'll do that again. I just here I'll tell you my secret formula. Don't tell anybody. It's a super secret trick you can do. Go on Twitter and type in things. For example, Jordan Love, beautiful pass. Here's a couple results. Andy Herman, Jordan Love, Romeo Dobbs, touchdown. Beautiful corner route and pass by 10. Really nice play in the back corner of the end zone. Here's NFL on ESPN. This is a game, so it technically doesn't count. But if you want to see a good throw, here you go. A beautiful, and that's in all caps and bold, Pass from Jordan Love. Kyle Malzahn. The Packers go for it on fourth down, and it's 33-yard touchdown pass from Jordan Love to Romeo Dobbs. Beautiful execution. Wow. In fact, here is a very, very well-known Chicago Bears guy on uh, Twitter. This, this again, is preseason, but what, why not? He is lead NFL draft analyst, analyst Bears writer for WC Gridiron, uh, prospect interviews, mock drafts, awful tweets, business inquiries, whatever. Jason in Infante, or Jacob Infante, excuse me. I think I might have done a video with him or something once. I'm not positive. But this is against the Texans. And uh, here's what he had to say. I'll give credit where credit is due. This is a beautiful throw by Jordan Love. There's plenty of room for error with Love, but if that pick hits, he could be. Uh, see, we could be seeing him and Justin Fields fighting for the NFC North supremacy for years to come. This was back in 2021 before he even kind of took those big steps. Here's another Kyle Malzahn tweet. Jordan Love just hit Samori Ture in stride for a deep 50-yard touchdown. Beautiful throw. Led Ture perfectly. The Packers score on that two-minute drill. Love punches in the two-point conversion. Have a freaking day, Jordan Love. Wow. 10 has to feel good after today. Scroll down just a little bit more. Eli Berkovitz. It's a Pass Jordan Love hits it into the uh, one of those tiny little nets. Says Jordan Love with a beautiful net throw and an even nicer suck it sign. This is what football is about. Again, as I'm doing this, I'm finding all these preseason throws that are just so, so good. Uh, uh, Rich J. Madrid, who posted one of these highlights of Jordan uh, against the Saints. Jordan Love hitting it deep over here. Beautiful throw. Still don't know what to make of him at this point, but I'm leaning towards him being a decent starter. I think this was too... I think Jawan Winfrey. In fact, we can go all the way back to 2020 
Uh, Ricky Valero. Here's a Senior Bowl clip. Jordan Love with a beautiful throw to Denzel Mims on the sideline and great adjustment by Mims. Beautiful over-the-shoulder throw by Jordan Love. uh, Jordan Love just made a beautiful throw. Damn. You can tell I changed it to to throw instead of pass, right? Just switch it up a little bit. These are all probably people at open practices tweeting out, but I'm just just reading them. Again, you can't see them because you're not allowed to record what happens in practice. Some people do anyways. Not supposed to. (laughs) Just got to find those people. Here's a tweet um, just randomly stumbled across. Uh, This is from December of 2019. So this is prior to the 2020 draft. At There Go Log said, the best quarterback you should be talking about, Utah State quarterback Jordan Love. Then he posts a uh, link to a YouTube video. He quote tweeted that and said, what I see is a quarterback who literally checks all the boxes, the ability to make every throw, great mobility, beautiful deep ball, and the ability to find the open man. My pro comparison from him, for him would be Mahomes or Favre. We can't go wrong with Jordan Love. But anyways, th- th- this is almost the identical point that I had made last time. First of all, what you're saying is stupid. The criteria you're using is stupid and clearly biased. And, and beyond that, it's really easy to find the information that you claim you're looking for, but very obviously are not looking for. When he talked about the articles, he said there's only four articles out there, and here's what they say. No, it's not. There are thousands of articles that have been written about Jordan Love. You claiming there's only three or only four is such BS. Especially considering one of them, at least one of them, was extremely obscure and made up some nonsense that nobody had ever heard of. About how there's a quarterback competition between Jordan Love and freaking, I don't, I don't even remember his name. The other quarterback that we drafted. That's not even real! But he went to the ends of the earth to find that. Which means that he deliberately went over a bunch of positive articles to find them and then lied about the fact that those other articles don't exist and these are the most recent ones and only these are the most recent ones and that's it. It's the same thing with this. There is no video, he says video, of, of any of his uh, training camp or practice that, that, that is a wow video. You're right. I, I, I even even with my uh, elite searching skills, even though they're they're probably out there somewhere. Because again, some people do record these things when they're not supposed to, when they open it up to the public. Um, so so it is probably out there somewhere. But um, I, I you're right. I can't find it either. But the point is, it doesn't freaking matter because we're hearing a lot of positive things, as I outlined already. We've seen a lot of positive things. In college, in the pros, in camp, in preseason, in the regular season, you're either a freaking trying to be trying to be a better person here. Um, hmm, I don't know how to finish the sentence. Well, here's what I know. This is this is complete dishonesty. We know that for a fact, right? I've I've outlined that pretty clearly. He has done everything he can to try to come up with the most flimsy arguments to completely bury the starting quarterback of the Green Bay Packers. For what reason, I'm not entirely sure, other than he has decided that this is going to be uh, the hill that he's going to die on. And I think it's one of two, possibly both, different things. Number one being he's getting massive engagement from it. Number two, he genuinely thinks it's going to happen and wants to be really loud 
and and come up with everything he can to make sure everybody knows he was on top of this before anybody else. One or the other or both. I don't know. Not one. I was told in the last 72 hours by an incredibly connected Green Bay source. I'm not telling you if it's a current Packer or it's a former one. I'll protect him. But he said when he was around him for multiple years, he never saw a wow pass. So, first of all, (laughs) he pretty much just told us it was a former player by saying when he was around him. Now, look, I, I, I tend to believe what people say behind closed doors as opposed to what they say in front of cameras. But number one, he, Colin Coward has already demonstrated himself to be a liar. I mean, he, he's very blatant about this, the, the fact that he's lying about all these things. That's not to say that he isn't talking to somebody, but, but here's the other thing. Whoever that other person is, if they even exist, saying they never saw a wow throw, what were they doing all those times that Jordan Love threw wow throws? Because we've all seen them. Apparently, Colin Coward and a former Packer are the only two people, and, and all of you know the Chicago Bears fans, the only people that have never seen Jordan Love throw a good pass. They've never seen a good wow throw. So that, that's what's hard about this. Because I think the... I, I generally would say it's really unlikely that he would flat out lie about these things. I think that it's entirely possible that somebody that is a former Packer, this could be Alan Lazard, this could be Mercedes Lewis. Somebody had made a comment that um, Colin Coward is, is really close with Mercedes Lewis, so that's probably who it is. Could be a big Rogers supporter that's kind of down on love, whatever. But either Colin Coward is lying about there being somebody, or the person that he talked to is being bitter and is essentially lying just for the sake of being bitter. Because again, we all saw the passes. And, and yes, almost every single one of his best passes, the receiver dropped. And so Bears fans love to laugh at Packer fans because they're so... Mm, I can't do it. Not all Bears fans. I'm guessing 95% of Bears fans are smart enough to realize that a receiver dropping... And in fact, 100% of them are smart enough to realize because those same people will show uh, plays of Justin Fields. I, I, I know the play, in fact, because I think uh, somebody sent me a JTO Sullivan video as evidence that some people watch Justin Fields film and really like it he didn't like his film at all it was mostly garbage he didn't come out and say he was bad but i mean i, I went through and itemized the, every single one and none of them were really that good but the only well i think there were like two or three good throws out of like 20 throws in that game one of the only good throws was at the very end of the game he's rolling to his right the guy's completely blanketed he throws it where only his receiver can get it and the receiver dropped it that was a good throw every single chicago bears fan 100% will acknowledge that was a good throw in fact will will be adamant and 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 will never relent on the fact that everybody every single packer fan needs to acknowledge that was a good throw but suddenly they become complete morons they choose to be when jordan love throws that that pass i think it was to aj dillon rolling to his left, throwing off his back foot, falling away, throwing the ball out of bounds. The ball went right through A.J. Dillon's hand. If he would have just caught the freaking ball, if Aaron Jones could have just caught the freaking ball, if these guys would just stop dropping all of his freaking passes, he could have had some of the best highlights. But the fact of the matter is, the drop has not... Once the ball leaves the quarterback's hands, nothing matters anymore. Nothing matters. It's the decision, and it's the placement of the ball. That's it. And that doesn't change based on what happens after the fact. So if it's a perfectly thrown ball that gets dropped, that doesn't negatively impact the quarterback at all. I know some stats will say that it does because they're bad stats, like passer rating. 
That's why passer rating is not very good, and most advanced stats will find ways to go above and beyond what passer rating gives you. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful throws. So, again, there's really only two options here. Colin Coward is lying, and he doesn't actually have a source. Or number two, this is a bitter Packer fan, or a a bitter ex-Packer, that's just talking crap about Jordan Love. Because nobody that's played with Jordan Love can honestly say that they sat there and never saw him throw a single wow pass. Because I, I, I can tell you where they are. I, I'm telling you right now, his pass to A.J. Dillon is one of those passes that if Aaron Rodgers had done it, we'd all be saying only Aaron Rodgers can freaking do that. And Jordan Love threw it. It was unfreaking believable. And there have been multiple. So again, there are only two options. This is a bitter ex-Packer who doesn't like Jordan Love, or Colin Coward is just flat-out lying. And that's very easily provable. He never saw a wow moment. And, and this, this player doesn't or didn't always love Aaron Rodgers. Maybe that's why he talks to me. But he said, four years, three years, I never saw the juice. I never saw it. So I went and looked this morning. Joe Burrow's first camp in Cincinnati, USA Today headline, Joe Burrow rips through the Bengals' first-team defense. That was a first OTA. Again, first of all, a lot more public practices in other places. Second of all, these exact same things have been said about Jordan Love. I already read one of them. Remember the have a freaking day Jordan Love? Because he had a great day. You know how many times he's carved up the defense? How many times he's gone down in two-minute drills or done this or done that? Or how about he carve? How, how about this? Forget freaking practice and what Joe Burrow did in shorts. This, this, oh my goodness, so many, so many things that are wrong with this. But let's, let's just forget about all the shorts. How about that one time when Jordan Love carved up the number one NFL defense in, in an actual regular season game, and we all saw it, and we don't need to listen to what biased local reporters have to say. Here's the second problem with it. I can do this same freaking exercise with every piece of crap quarterback that has ever existed because every single one of them that has got... Mac Jones has got him. Everybody's got him. Somewhere out there, a reporter said he had a great practice. He beat the defense. He got touched. Because it happens because you practice 500,000 times. Of course, you're going to have some good ones. And that's also why I'm not sitting here saying I know Jordan Love's going to be good. Because despite all the great throws, despite all the great tweets, despite all this stuff, it doesn't mean he's going to be a great football player. It doesn't mean that. But to say that he's never had it is so stupid and completely wrong. I've, I've taken notes of every single practice, and I'm going to do it all through training camp. It's a freaking grind. I got notes up the wazoo about every single player and their wow plays. Sean Clifford airs out a deep ball for Malik Heath, who makes a nice catch through traffic. The play of practice so far. Well, there you go, Sean Clifford, boys and girls. He's right up there with Joe Burrow. Because there's a little note here about he made the play of practice. Who gives a crap? And again, Love has probably 30 of those. This is stupid. Later that camp, Zach Taylor, quote, Burrow's been great, as advertised. Amazing player. (laughs) Four years, Jordan loves Zippo. Nope. Not Zippo. (laughs) Oh, this is so hard to be nice. Can we, again, a a, a trick of only super elite um, Illuminati know this, but I'm going to let you in on it, okay? If you go to Google... 
you can search for certain time periods. So you can, for example, type in Jordan Love and then use a time period of last year's offseason and see what pops up. Let's see what the first one is. Jordan Love is making a case for a future in Green Bay. What's the second one? Jordan Love showing his first-round pedigree. Okay, let's look at a couple of these different things. Let's look at the first one. Jordan Love making a case for his future. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Who cares? A lot of filler garbage written by uh, Matt Hendershot. So far, it seems like Love is capitalizing as, on his opportunity and making leaps in his game. As a first-round pick, you'd hope to see some serious development at this point, and all reports from camp suggest a boost in Love's play, confidence, and leadership entering year three. Last week, Matt LaFleur told the media that Love had his best practice since joining the Green and Gold in 2020. Here's the quote. By the way, I'm, I'm not kidding you. Searching that search that I described to you took me 10 seconds. Colin Coward has a team of people. Ready? Here's the quote. That might have been one of the best practices we've seen in three years. I thought there was a lot of great things that he did. He made some big-time throws. Wait a frickin' minute here! This, this, there's, there is a actual Green Bay Packer supposedly, that has never, ever, 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 ever seen a throw. And Matt LaFleur said in this practice, he made some big-time throws with pressure in his face. Throws with an S on the end, meaning more than one. He added another tweet from Zach Cruz. It says, he's much more in rhythm. There's more decisiveness. You see it in his footwork. He's not getting stuck at the top of his drop. It looks more fluid. It's translated to his play. He's throwing the ball accurately and making pretty good decisions. Tom Silverstein of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel highlighted two particular throws as some of Love's best, a deep corner to Sammy Watkins and a back corner catch beautifully threaded to Romeo Dobbs. Love followed that performance up with an excellent family night showing last week, garnering the attention of those in attendance and his teammates. I think Jordan played his best football that I've seen, says Alan Lazard. For his part, Love's known not to throw, uh, Love knows he's not all the way there yet, but he's growing more confident in command under center. Quote, I think it does show growth, said, uh, oh, Love said, per Packers.com, Mike Spofford. Just to be able to trust that I know where the receiver is going to be with pressure in my face and still try to slow it down a little bit to focus on where I need to put the ball. Previously, I wasn't going to make those throws under pressure. I might just try to escape and throw the ball away, but being able to just trust where the receiver is going to be, it comes down to that. Then they added a tweet per Kyle Malzahn, Packers quarterback Jordan Love, on, on proving doubters wrong. Quote, I think I definitely have a little extra motivation this camp. A little bit further down, practicing against the maybe actually really good Packers defense, which didn't end up happening, is certainly helping, and, and Love is developing that vital chemistry with his receivers. But until we see Love out there uh, against NFL team, blah, 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 here's the tweet that was added. Matt Schneidman. By the way, there's a video of this. This must have been from uh, Family Night. I'm guessing. I don't know. Devontae Wyatt leaves Sean Ryan in the dust with an inside spin move, but Jordan Love stands tall under pressure and finds rookie wide receiver Samore Ture behind the secondary for a 54-yard touchdown. I want to scream and swear so bad, but I'm not going to do it. You foofla mpalem from schnibbedim. Okay? Ture, the seventh-round pick from Nebraska, does his first Lambo leap. That was quote-tweeted by Wendell Ferreira. He says, this is really good stuff from Jordan Love. Decisive, accurate under pressure. We might be seeing his first real signs of development. That is the first article that came up when I typed in Jordan Love and I just went to basically August, right? Late July to early September. Mark Oldacres, Cheesehead TV, Jordan Love showing his first round pedigree in preseason. And again, just a reminder... I am not saying this is proof they're going to be good, like Colin Coward is saying, right? If he was good, you'd be hearing about it. There'd be articles all over. There were articles. 
But the article's just like they didn't mean anything for Joe Burrow. They don't mean anything for Pat Mahomes. They don't mean anything for Jordan Love. They didn't mean anything when you saw them for Mac Jones and Justin Fields and everybody else. And by the way, there were a ton of great things from Justin Fields every single year, and he's done nothing as a passer. These things don't mean anything. It, it, it's maybe a prerequisite. You got to have a couple good passes, which is kind of technically his point, except he <laughs> can't call them names, except he just he, he missed it that these articles existed. Okay, let's go through a little bit of this. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, preseason is Jordan Love's season, with much of the focus and discussion centered on the development of the former first-round pick. While his stat line may not show it, Love has taken significant strides this August. Oh, it's weird. We haven't heard a single thing. Haven't heard a peep. Haven't heard a peep. <sighs> Love's progress has been slow during his first two years in the NFL. <laughs> Sorry, I make myself laugh sometimes. But it's important to remember he has only been afforded one traditional offseason and preseason prior to this year due to the pandemic interrupting his rookie season. We can't look at that, Mark. I told you the rules, okay? You can look at, and not necessarily his college, his final year of college, you can look at the Chiefs game, you can look at probably his first, which would be his, well, I mean his second year, his first preseason, because that wasn't super great. Um, that's it, though. You can't look at things like he didn't have a first offseason because of the pandemic. You can't do that. So stop doing things. Skipping down a little bit, on Friday night at Lambeau Field, he took the next step. Love was more polished, made far fewer mistakes, and delivered more wow passes. Wow! Isn't that the whole point of this video? There have been no wow passes. Let me read that again. On Friday night at Lambeau Field, he took the next step. Love was more polished, made far fewer mistakes, and delivered more. What was it again? Wow passes. You freaking... Okay. Two incompletions were among his most impressive throws. Yes, that's a thing. If you try to pretend that's not a thing, you are deliberately being ignorant. And you know that you are because you will defend to the death your quarterback throwing a great pass that gets dropped. So if you dare to come over here and tell me that a beautiful pass that gets dropped is somehow proof that Packer fans don't know football, smack yourself in the mouth as hard as you possibly can because you know you deserve it. Goes on to say, a nearly miraculous touchdown to Patrick Taylor after scrambling to buy time. Maybe that was the pass. It was Patrick Taylor, not A.J. Dillon. And a perfect sideline toss, which Samari Ture, Ture couldn't haul in. His detractors will say it's the preseason. He's playing against backups. But he's also playing with backups, which has always been the point. And beyond that, it doesn't matter. That's, that's, that's the other line of attack on Jordan. Oh, it was a, it was a preseason. What in the heck? does preseason have to do with him making that throw? Nothing. It has nothing to do with it. Pressure is pressure. If you have pressure and you're rolling to your left and you're fading away and throwing off your back foot and throw a pass that is that freaking perfect, it does not matter in any way if you're playing high school kids. That's so dumb. Love's receivers have done him few favors, frequently dropping passes or even turning them into interceptions. Love was a first-round pick for a reason, and this preseason, the young quarterback has shown why. His tools. He can make every single throw, the ones Aaron Rodgers and Pat Mahomes can make, and that's a rare talent. Again, all of this is on tape, and I gotta sit here and, what, apologize for saying maybe he won't suck? Screw you. How about that? I'm giving myself a pass on that one. It needed to be said. I mean, there's another article here, um... Deseret.com, what Packers reporters are saying now about Jordan Love. 
and it's it's I'm not going to go through it because we're getting late already, but it's it's he looks better. That's that's the main thing. He has a uh, few promising plays, more confident, lets it rip more, a lot fewer dead duck throws, throws tighter spiral. It's another thing he's not, oh, he still can't throw a spiral. What are you talking about? Best thing I have to say is there haven't been many mistakes. Excuse me, hasn't been any mistakes from Jordan Love. No awful throws, no interceptions, no fumbles, no awful reads or anything like that. I do think he's taking a step. That was Andy Herman. Next article, Rob Domofsky, ESPN. Why Green Bay Packers believe Jordan Love is ready to win a game if he has to fill in for Aaron Rodgers. I'm just going in order. Unlike Colin Coward, I am not uh, cherry picking. This is literally in order. Let me read the headlines to you in order. Jordan Love is making a case for a future in Green Bay. Jordan Love shows his first round pedigree. What Packers reporters are saying now about Jordan Love. Why Green Bay Packers believe Jordan Love is ready to win whatever the rest of that said. After that, plenty of love despite interceptions. How long are Packers going to hold on to Jordan Love? Jordan Love shows promising signs in Packers lost to Chiefs. That was PackersNews.com. Here's one um, USA Today written by Ryan Wood. Jordan Love showing he is light years ahead of last season in Packers victory. If you don't stop with the pop-ups, you jag off. Here's some quotes from Matt LaFleur. He was decisive, and I think that's a big thing from him. I see a much more decisive player, and I think that's going to lead to a much more effective player. Jordan Love, one of the most improved guys. Here's a quote again from Matt LaFleur. I don't know how you guys see it, but the way I see it and see it on a daily basis, I think he's light years ahead of where he was a year ago. I think if you ask our guys in that locker room, every one of them would tell you they've got a lot of confidence in him, and I think we could all agree in that locker room that he's one of the most improved guys over the last year. I think a couple weeks ago we started seeing him string a couple practices Uh, and that consistency, he started to show up more and more. By the way, this quote right here should be all over Packers everything, because this really fills in all the holes. First of all, Colin Coward can shove it, but beyond all his nonsense, all the discussions about, I think the Packers really saw something in in him, and that's what gave him the confidence to move on and all that, Matt LaFleur said it out loud. Let me read that one more time. I don't know how you guys see it, but the way I see it, and I see it on a daily basis, I think he's light years ahead of where he was a year ago. I think if you ask our guys in that locker room, every one of them would tell you they've got a lot of confidence in him. And I think we would all agree in that locker room that he's one of the most improved guys over the last year. By the way, although he had wild throws prior to this, could it possibly be a Packer that wasn't there in 2022? Maybe like Zadarius or something, you know? It doesn't have to be anybody relevant at all for, for Colin Coward to take and run with it. Anyways. Let us continue on with this nonsense. It's excitement that couldn't be contained with Mahomes or Joe Burrow. People talk. If you went to a movie, and it was a great movie, would you wait four years to tell anybody? If you went to your local casino or your local, you know, a theater and saw a great comedian, would you wait four years to tell anybody? You'd call them the next morning. Yep. You'd text them on the way home. Yep. Four years, nothing. Wrong. Just wrong. The entire premise is wrong. It, it, it reminds me, if you listen to all the wording from the Packers over the last year, it's been patience. Let's temper expectations. It sounds like a doctor. Doctor, You ever go to a doctor's office, and, and, and they're not quite sure what it is, but they say stuff like, we need to take another x-ray. Or we don't think it's anything, but um, let us take one more look. Let's be patient. Let's let's wait until we see more. That's usually not great news. And so when the source told me in the last three days, no juice, no wow, multiple years, uh, it aligns with the reason that we're getting no video from him. No, you're getting no video because video is, is forbidden. 
at, at camp. I, I know that a couple teams have uh, apparently, according to you, leaked you video, and I'm very sorry that you're butt hurt that the Packers won't leak you video, but you don't really need it because all the information is right there for you to find, dum-dum. Oops, I did it again. Britney Spears style. By the way, I have something kind of hilarious for you. This is a separate thing. I need to end this, but I've already said the, the comments about temper expectations are massively blown out of proportion, and I think people generally understand that. And here's an example. Here is The Volume. The Volume is a show hosted by Colin Coward. He brought on Dave Wanstead. I like Dave Wanstead. Like I said, as much as I talk trash about the Bears, I have a lot of respect for a lot of ex-Bears, and I think Wanstead's one of them. I just like the guy. It just, it, it just reminds me of like the old days, you know, old school Packers, Bears, and even old school Bears back when they were something to be respected. But anyways, um, here is Dave Wanstead talking about his expectations for Justin Fields this year, and he's talking to Colin Coward, okay? Here we go. Preaching. I think this needs to be a reasonable improvement year for Justin Fields. You know, I mean, he, he doesn't need to go out and be Aaron Rodgers, okay, when he was at Green Bay. I mean, he needs to improve 100%. But I think it needs to be reasonable. What did Dave Wanstead just tell Colin Coward about Justin Fields? In, 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 in different words, he literally just said temper expectations for Justin Fields. He said he doesn't need to go out there. He needs to, he needs to show, what, 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 what words did he use? A reasonable improvement year. He needs to improve 100%. Not that's the mo that's how much he needs to improve. It's just 100% he does need to improve, but it needs to be reasonable. That that is 100,000% the exact same thing as temper your expectations. He literally said don't expect him to go out there and be Aaron Rodgers. So what do we do with that information, Colin Coward? Just curious. Because Matt LaFleur said temper expectations and now you you sold the farm. You're you, you, well, the opposite of you're you're off the train, right? What are you doing with Justin Fields? I'm just curious. I mean, I know this isn't his head coach, but I, I, it's it's the same thing. What what does that mean to you? Did it even register? I'm guessing it didn't because you're not on the Justin Fields at attack train. This is but this is how you know. No Bears fan is listening to Dave Wanstead say this. I shouldn't say that. Some Bears fans are going to get mad at him, but nobody's going to listen and say, "Oh, geez, we're screwed." They understand what he's trying to say, but everybody's trying not to understand what Matt LaFleur said, and that's the point. Anyways, that's all I got. Um, you know, jo Jordan Love has done everything he needs to do. He checks all the boxes. He has shown improvement last year, and there's every reason to believe he will show more improvement this year. Will that translate into him being a good quarterback, a great quarterback, a bad quarterback, a mediocre quarterback, a terrible quarterback? I don't know. We won't know until we watch him go out there and play. And guess what? When he goes out and plays, you know what we're going to learn? Not a whole lot. That's just a baseline. The question then is, will he improve? How much will he improve? At what rate will he improve? Right? Again, Justin Fields, two years, and we're still sitting here going, I don't know. Anything could happen. So we'll see. We'll see how she goes. Um, but pretty much everything that's being said right now about love, um, or about the Packers is, is, is nonsense. The only real right answer is, I don't know. Really high ceiling, really low floor. Number one pick is unlikely, but let's say somewhere between top five pick and Super Bowl are in the realm of possibility. But anyways, I'll leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your night. I will talk to you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>